Yes, welcome one, welcome all. We're live tonight on Berry Flow Upstream number 114. That puts us like right at the top of season eight of this podcast, and it's kind of crazy to think about that episodically. But I'm here tonight with our special guest, Blaze, editor in chief over at Crackberry. He's the most special of the guests that we have. <laughs> <laughs> and as well, we have Alex Bass of Cyberbytes Inc. How you both doing? Doing good. good. Yeah, doing well. I'm really kind of at a James. No, wait, 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 right James. Now. How are you doing? I don't feel like we ever. <laughs> I don't think we ever reciprocated. How are you doing, man? You know, I was kind of thinking of that too. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. we never asked James how he. Doing. Yeah, I'm just so doing. You know, just like BlackBerry, I kind of got like my head in the corner and I'm just going. You know, <laughs> no, it's it's been kind of an interesting week, and the week's kind of reflected across to the BlackBerry news that we've got as well. I was kind of interested to see some of the stuff that came out. Specifically, one of the more interesting things that's happened this week is that Crackberry's actually released DTEC 50 accessories in Shop Crackberry, <laughs> and I think that's like a good thing because you look at like the Shop Blackberry prices; there's kind of high, like you know, maybe a little bit higher than you'd want. And then you go to like Amazon or like eBay, and there's like nothing out there. You know, it's like no one knows about DTEC 50 yet in terms of those outside third parties that really like you know build accessories and stuff like that. There's not been a lot of interest for like nice print cases or DTEC 50 ones, obviously. So seeing Crackberry have some of that stuff is awesome. Uh, Blaze, are you going to pick up a case for yours? I know we kind of talked about it like that a little bit last week, but yeah, I, I mean, like it. It's growing on me the way it is, you know, naked. But yeah, I mean, I don't. I generally, it's it's one of those things where I'll probably order a bunch of stuff and never actually use it, but I'll at least try it out for however long it takes me to go ahead and determine that I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, man. you got to, like, but, uh, get some of those, um, some of that social stuff going, you know, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much the only reason why I'm I'm actually going to go ooh, ahead and order any of it is just so that I can actually put it on Crackberry and let other people know about it, right? Uh, other than that, I mean, I don't know. It's one of those things I usually rock all my devices naked and... You know, the, the the most maximum protection that I ever put on there is a screen protector, and that's even, like, 90% chance that I'm not going to put that on because I always screw the things up when I put them on. So. <laughs> it's interesting that you mentioned screen protector. I kind of wanted to go over that, and I think and when we're talking about DTEC 50, do we know what kind of screen that we have on this device? Like, I don't think it's a Gorilla Glass screen, but... It obviously is scratch-resistant. It has that oleophobic coating, right? Oh, man. And you know what? I had it somewhere. I had the actual, like, information somewhere. But you're right. It's not Gorilla Glass. It's some sort of... I forget. I totally forget what the other name of it is. But it, it, it it's basically like Gorilla Glass, but it's not Gorilla Glass. And I think that the difference for a lot of people is probably minimal to be quite honest, you know, in terms yeah. of the user experience, it's like, it's still a nice screen, one of the better Here's, 1080p panels anyway. Here's the thing with, with Gorilla Glass, I mean, yeah, it's great to be able to go ahead and say that you have it on there, and, you know, there's probably a probability that it might be a little bit tougher than everything else, but all it really takes, man, is just the right, right drop at the right spot, and... Gorilla Glass means absolutely nothing at the end of the day. If anything, it just essentially adds weight to the device, which arguably, I mean, maybe the DTEC 50 could have benefited from having that little bit of weight added to it, but at the same time, it's it's just one of those things, man. You drop it at the right right spot in the right place, and boom, doesn't really matter whether it's Gorilla Glass or whatever. I mean, you, you could have Gorilla Glass 12 on there. It doesn't doesn't mean anything, really, at the end of the day. 
if it cracks in that right spot, then it's just all over. And oddly enough, I dropped my DTAC 50 today. I was out shopping, and I came home, and I had my headphones in. And you know how sometimes, like, when you, you, you go to take something out of your pocket, and you, like, yep. got your headphones on, the headphone, and you're, like, drop it, and all of a sudden it pulls on your head because you got your headphones in. Well, anyways, that's what happened. And my my headphone headphone jack let the device basically fall to the ground, and I'm like, uh, crap. <laughs> yeah. It's that, that that split second where you pick the device up, is the screen screwed, or is it going to be okay? <laughs> anyways, it ended up okay, and there's no marks or anything on it, so that pleased me that I didn't smash the hell out of it within, like, you know, less than a month of having it or whatever. <laughs> Alex, what are you doing for Priv right now? Are you just letting it be and being very careful with it? I mean, do you consciously, like, have some kind of, like, you know, machine in the back of your brain that's, like, hold on to the Priv? <laughs> like, no, um, I, there are a few things that I kind of do that it's just, like, habit now where I always put my phone in my pocket so the screen is facing toward my thigh. So, for instance, if I do bump into, like, a corner of a desk or something, it'll hit the back of it rather than hitting the screen. And it's probably not that big of a deal anyway, but... Um, and when I'm holding it, no, I mean, like, sometimes I'll be walking with one hand, and I normally always have, like, my pinky finger underneath it when I'm just holding with one hand, and it feels pretty stable. Um, even when it's slid open, it, the waitress distribution's good, too. Um, though I was, at, I was actually at the river today, and I was sitting on a bench, and I had my phone in my pocket, and I was kind of thinking, um, I was like, part of me didn't want to take it out because below the bench was cement, and I consciously didn't take my phone out because I'm like, I'm not going to drop it, but it's just unnecessary risk. So there are a few things that I might do occasionally, um, but for the most part, I don't really think much about it. So not too worried at this point. I'm a pinky guy myself. The pinky's yeah. always like underneath. It's a good, yeah. Holding on. <laughs> I don't know what Blaze's preference is, but I'm definitely uh, on, the, on the pinky side of that. <laughs> Yeah, I use my pinky too when I'm holding it mainly, like in my hands. The pinky is always stuck at the bottom. Yeah. Here's kind of an interesting thing with these devices that BlackBerry has on Android, guys. They've got one mid-range all-touch handset, right? That's pretty nice. Like, let's say, you know, it's decent, and it's it's coming in at two ninety nine. Well, how do you have that conversation while the conversation around your priv device? is being seen online at like 299 very similar to the price of your DTEK 50. I mean right now for someone who genuinely is looking for the best deal and wants to buy a device, which way do you send them if you want to send them down the Blackberry route? It's tough. It's like people have asked me that question I'm like what should I get and I'm like, you know, do you do you want a keyboard and like even if you don't Priv is still good like it's really kind of becoming a tough sell for me to even my peers and some of my family. And I'm almost just leaning DTEK 50 because it's newer at this point, you know. But I would like to see some of your thoughts in terms of, like, how do you really guide someone toward a BlackBerry device? And even outside of that conversation, there's BlackBerry 10 devices that you could get as well, you know. There's a lot of options out there from BlackBerry today. So what do you think is, is more, I guess, bang for your buck in terms of that, yeah. you know, 299? I mean, I was, I was asked literally, like, three hours ago, um, one of Twitter followers... Israel Sandable, he's like hypothetically, if one was on BB10 looking to switch Priv at like 4.99 or DTEK 50 at 2.99, and I'm like, unless the keyboard means a lot to you, just go ahead and get the DTEK 50 because 
I mean, technically, they're kind of the same devices. The only difference is actually on paper. Like, when it comes down to it in terms of performance and stuff like that, I don't really find much of a difference in terms of the actual performance. It only really comes down to whether or not, you know, you, you want that actual keyboard or do you want, you know, are you fine with a slab device? I mean, at least that's how I feel about it. I don't feel that there's much difference performance-wise. Um, you know, you could possibly go the route and say that the camera is better, but even then, I don't necessarily think that the camera is that much better either. I think they're pretty close to, to one being of, on par. So. One of the things I definitely notice is the lack of optical image stabilization. Yeah. I notice that because I take a lot of like photos and stuff, and now I have to like be very still with that camera to make sure I get like the shot I'm looking for. But I'm a little bit more picky with with stuff like that. Whereas with Priv, like that OIS definitely helped. Like one on videos, obviously kept everything really stable and just nice crispy shots from that Priv camera. Zetex is nice too. I took some nice photos on it. I find I don't know if you guys have this. I've seen this as well, but. With Priv, it's hard to get a macro shot, maybe because it has such a high megapixel lens, but with DTEK50, it's really good at macro shots, whereas Priv kind of struggled. And even with manual macro, like it's still just a little bit you know, less where you wanted it to be. I found like Priv, or DTEK50 rather, really performed well in the camera category, and, and Blaze covers that pretty thoroughly in his review as well. Alex, what about you, man? Family on your end, would you really recommend them the DTEK50? Um, if... Like yeah, I mean, if if pr at that point, like price would be a factor. Um, and what I do notice too is a lot of my family members that I've showed kind of the priv to, uh, many of them are like, oh, you know, the keyboard's too small for me anyway. So they're like, oh, that's cool, but the keyboard's too small, so they would just be using it as an all touch anyway. So I I compared to the priv, I would probably recommend the DTAC 50 um, in certain scenarios, but. As for the DTAC 50 compared to maybe a different phone or an iPhone, because there's some family members that I recommend, you know, maybe you should just get an iPhone. So that's where it's kind of a different area. Priv, it really comes down to, do you want the Priv because you're going to use the physical keyboard? And if that's the case, then I'll usually recommend it. Um, if they're not going to use it, then it's kind of expensive for what it is and, you know. And in, in all of standing, right? You can get a GSM unlocked one with an AT&T back, right, for two ninety nine. Yeah. Like, really, price is not that different. I mean, if you go the shop BlackBerry route or you go to the Amazon route, obviously you're going to be paying a little bit of a premium, but you get that support as well. It's mm -hmm. just kind of interesting. I think that the pricing of both of those devices right now are so similar, just because too much time has elapsed between one and the other. And Blaze, maybe you can speak to this, but when you offer someone that solution, right, get a DTEK fifty. It's almost easier to tell them, yo, just download Hub Suite Plus, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then just get a get a phone you want, like, and then you have most of it. And and maybe or maybe not, you know, we're gonna get some other aspects like the keyboard or I'd love to see just other BlackBerry software. I think I think in terms of how much they've rated BlackBerry ten for Android, I still think there's a lot of other good stuff they should rate, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's small little things that I see coming over, but I just want to see them go, like, all in on showing us who they are using Android as kind of the medium. I'd love to see a little bit more kind of innovation on the software side of what they're doing with these apps, but obviously there has to be some kind of, like, enterprise baseline of usability so that your core customers don't get kind of weirded out. Like, that's kind of the learning curve from BBOS to BB10, right? You either got on board or you didn't. Yeah. It kind of was a little bit too, you know, one-sided in terms of how you 
had to interact with it. Android, you, you know, you got tons of flavors, and even on the BlackBerry launcher, it's pretty nice. Uh, Alex, uh, I wanted to ask you just a small bit here in terms of your usage. Like, do you find yourself wanting to go to like you know an Android Nougat type device, which I found was kind of weird in and of itself, where Nougat's going to be first released on the V20 from LG as opposed to a Nexus device. I mean, but w what does that did, tell you? Uh, so it's actually kind of funny because rumors just came out about that where the V20 may come out in a market, not the U.S. market, a, a different market, for instance. So it'll be technically the first phone with Nougat, but the first phone with Nougat within the U.S. market apparently is going indeed to be the Nexus. Um, but it's, first I don't know. New phone, let's make that clear because Nexus new, Yes, yeah, phones already Nexus have Nexus already have them. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm pretty sure the phones are going to release with 7.1 anyway, or at least the Nexus will. Um, I don't know. I guess it doesn't mean... I, I do want a phone running Nougat simply... So I've come to the realization that I'm a software person. I love getting early release updates, early software. Like, I will join any beta available. So for me, Nougat's a big deal. For my entire family and pretty much anyone that I know, Nougat really doesn't matter much at all. They, Nougat is dessert. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I've kind of gotten to this place where it was a really big deal for me for a while and also pushing it out on people, but I'm like, at the end of the day, people, the average consumer doesn't know, doesn't care, doesn't even want change. My aunt, every time, like, BBM updates or anything updates, she's like, Alex, should I update this? Like, my phone's telling me to update. I'm like, yeah, it's never going to hurt you. Just do it. But people don't like updates because updates mean change. Change means I have to relearn something, and that's a hassle. I love change because I like like learning new things and figuring out new software and tweaks and things you can do. But that's how I am, and I know most people aren't that way. So I don't know. No, on the V on the V twenty thing, it's like. It's one of those things that like it doesn't need to be a headline, but it ultimately becomes one. I personally can't get over like the speculation around like how big that chin may be in terms of what this <laughs> what these Nexus devices I'm are. I'm a little look disappointed, like. but like, I'm I'm on the bandwagon, bro. <laughs> this the six P is such a nice piece of hardware and like so yeah. is Priv. Like those are like a really nice pieces yeah. of kit. And then like you go to what what garbage we're seeing in terms of rumors about this uh, these Nexus devices, and it's like you're probably not even close on point anyway. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's interesting how BlackBerry is going to play into that market. Like think about the DTEC50 and kind of where it stands in the market, and it's kind of in this weird place in terms of where it's priced, and then also like kind of the the chipset it's supporting. Like Nexus kind of plays in that field, right, with their lower end version, but even still, it's a little bit more premium than the range that the DTEC50 is coming into. And it's like where the DTEC50 slides in, there's not a lot of players. You're either going to buy a phone that's sub-200 or, like, in, ex in excess of 400. You know, you're going to go across there. But this is a phone, like, right in the middle. And I always found that kind of interesting in terms of how Google may position some of their phones versus how Apple and Samsung and, of course, how BlackBerry, you know, sometimes positions them. Do you guys think that we're going to see any, like, more comeback features? Like, I thought it was kind of cool that they brought the convenience key back, even though... You know, the boom key was kind of there before BlackBerry brought it back. You know what I'm saying, Blaze? Yeah, I mean, that was something that was built directly into it. I mean, I don't I don't see any of those, you know, quote-unquote comeback features coming. Like, the, bla the, 
the convenience key was just a happy coincidence that BlackBerry was able to go <laughs> ahead and leverage. Like, there's nothing really specifically BlackBerry about it. Right? It yeah. just happened to be there, and yeah. they happened to go ahead and make use of it. So, I but. wanted to show you guys this because I I've seen the software work on the idle device, right? And then I saw that it was working here. This is a YouTube video in landscape while my phone, my DTEK50, is locked into portrait mode. So it obviously it's locked in portrait, but the video orients itself anyways, right? And as I flip the phone this way, you'll see like a little animation go where it flips wow. the screen. And <laughs> this is something that isn't on Priv, but obviously you get to see it here on this software and this version it's of what, so what they're weird doing. To me. It's, there's it's so many weird, like... weird tweaks between <laughs> the two. And I could do a whole like review on the differences, but the, the thing I think that's most gleanable from that is that BlackBerry is so learning. Like, they, they went with Priv and they found, they learned, and they're adjusting. And like where they're building toward is definitely getting a lot smarter and stronger. And I can only wait to see you know, how they flesh out the rest of the software stack. What do you think about like this stuff coming out for iOS in terms of like the Hub Plus suite? Do you think they're going to have traction there? Or do you think maybe the way the iPhone is designed may inhibit some of like the core functionality that BlackBerry is trying to deliver on? I don't know, man. I think... I think the iPhone is just basically too locked down for it yeah. to basically even matter or even care. Only the people who are like, you know, maybe have moved from BlackBerry to an iPhone and know what the BlackBerry Hub is and stuff like that are going to be interested in actually making use of it. I don't see any general traction towards like new iPhone users or you know somebody who may be new to the BlackBerry experience. I think. I think Apple will just basically screw that out yeah. in whatever humanly possible way. To I mean, everything, everything come, everything that isn't Apple on the iPhone instantly becomes a secondary option to people That's... because of of how integrated that they actually have everything right. Like people just generally don't think about other things unless it's some sort of. A, a game that they can go ahead and use, or if it's some, if they're into the jailbreaking scene, if they're into the jailbreaking scene, then, you know, that's that's when they become more interested in these additional layers that can be added on to the iPhone. But just a general iPhone user out of the box doesn't necessarily give two shits about what else is considered an additive onto the iOS system. They just use whatever Apple says to use, yeah. right? Yep, and the, the average person is buying an iPhone because of, you know, usability, simplicity. I don't want to have to install this, that, the other thing. I just want to use whatever's on the phone. So you get a lot of people locked into, like, um, iCloud and, um, well, obviously iMessage and just the default messaging apps and the yeah. default mail apps simply because, like, that's what's on the phone when you unlock it. And yeah. It, that's but that's their whole philosophy and they're purposely not going out and making it really easy to have like a third party messenger be, feel like it's baked in core into the OS um, but like WhatsApp is good enough and some people are like you know it's good enough and it works but it's never as like baked in as say iMessage is whereas Android like man like install Textra for your SMS app and it feels like it is the core SMS app that came with the phone 
So I don't. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Blaze. Like I don't really think that people are going to be jumping on board unless they know of it already. I would be curious about their keyboard though, because I know the G board. Google created a, a keyboard for iOS and it kind of blew up. So I would be a little bit curious about a keyboard, um, the BlackBerry keyboard on iOS. That could be an interesting thing that yeah. some people might check out, but. The question tough. is whether or not is BlackBerry ever actually going to produce the the keyboard for yeah. iOS yeah. or Android devices at that point, other than their own. Right? Yeah, this is true. We don't even know that. It's like you want to make that type of stuff proprietary, but at the same point, you want to get it out there, right, so people can actually see it. Yeah. It's a tough, tough kind of area to walk up for sure. We've seen, and we've talked about it on this podcast before, that Google spends a lot of times making their apps great for iOS. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And... <laughs> And ultimately, it's betaed on Android prior, you know, to a, to a large degree in terms yeah. of the features where they're where they're pillaging from. So that's why I say, it, like, BlackBerry still has so many assets. Like, go out and show us what you got, right? You built all these things, you had all these ideas. Like, where do you take them now? Is the story you should be telling as opposed to just kind of this recreated entity that BlackBerry is now? Definitely a very lean, lean machine. John Chen is running right now. Like, he's all about cost cutting and all that stuff and really making it a prudent, prudent, prudent business. And like we thought there was prudence with Thorsten Hines at the reins, right? <laughs> and, and we sought major losses. But it, it's kind of interesting to see kind of the penetration that this particular software that BlackBerry does is going to have. I mean, even right now, it's opened up and people are looking at the Hub Plus suite. And it's interesting to see that the traction there is there. Alex, where are the downloads currently for Google Play? Are we seeing anything significant, or is it similar to kind of the Priv and BlackBerry apps where they're kind of yeah. stuck in this mid-mining place? Yep, it's still saying 100,000. Um, I check it every now and then out of curiosity, like, come on, when's it going to hit the um, the 500,000 mark? And it's not really getting there. Um, so I really, at this point, Black, this is where advertising and marketing comes in, which BlackBerry has admitted they're not that great at it. So people need to know that this exists and... You know, beyond just your blog, but in a few YouTube videos on your channel. Um, I don't know. It's it's tough though to push an app or software. Like have it have it on Instagram. Like people scrolling through their Instagram have advertisements and things like that. Do some social media advertising. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just maybe they are and I'm just not seeing it. I don't really go on social media too much. Well, so. uh, you know, it's one of those things where I had I actually had somebody send me this photo the other day and. I won't put his name out on air or anything, but he, he sent me a photo, and he's like, check out this great photo that I took, and then he took it on his BlackBerry, and he's like, how come BlackBerry doesn't advertise their camera capabilities? I'm like, well, <laughs> they do, kind of, if you check out the Instagram feed, like, the, I think, like, the past 10 posts or whatever are, you know, shot on BlackBerry photos, and they're sharing those photos, but that, that, that in in itself isn't you know that's not that's not advertising that's you know yeah. sharing with within the community those those people who the people who are going to see that are already followers of BlackBerry like that's not to me that's not advertising advertising to me is potentially reaching people who are not already interested in what you are offering like you got to go bring this experience and these this information to the people who don't already follow you. Like, mm -hmm. posting something on Instagram is cool, 
and yeah, it can help spread the word, but it's not it's not advertising. It's like yeah. it's just sharing what what people love already, right? And they're doing that in a, in newer and better ways as we're starting to see. This is on the DTEC 50 page itself, and it's auto scrolling here, but it says our customers love their DTEC 50, and then like you know a hashtag to use to share on Instagram and get in the gallery. Right. Shout out to Barry Flow, getting the drop and mention. But this is super cool, right? Like this type of stuff is stuff you've needed for years, and we haven't gotten it. But Blaze is totally right. This type of stuff isn't advertising. This is people who already have the product sharing how much they love it, which is good. But you need to first, you know, catalyze on that message of getting out there and really showing people like what this whole page is trying to sell me on, you know, and do it in a way that's not me scrolling and yeah. reading for five minutes, but in a way that I I get it immediately. I want secure. I want productivity. Right, sell the story, but this is a lot of information, and then hiding in some social stuff in there is nice. But it's not going to tell you the true picture. It's not going to sell that real message that you're working toward. Yeah. But still, awesome to see. You know, something kind of interesting. That it just it shows the power of like perception. Um, I went on a sale both the other day with my my good friend and a few of his coworkers, and um, they kind of wanted some pictures taken or whatever. So I pulled out the camera on my phone, and my buddy would always kind of tell me because he also has a priv. He's like, you know, the camera sucks. He he's always telling me the camera sucks, and I'm thinking like. I don't think it's that bad. Like, it's, you know, good megapixel, 18 megapixel, and, you know, photos come out, they seem to come out fairly well. But he wants, like, an iPhone because he knows that, it, like, iPhones are known for having great camera quality. So my one friend, or one of his coworkers, she Except sees my life. phone. Well, that's true, yeah. She sees my phone, and I was like, no, no, don't worry, I'll take a picture of you guys. And she saw, like, through my phone the picture that it took, and she's like, wow, the camera is so much better than the iPhone. And it threw me off because in my mind, I'm almost starting to believe that the Priv camera sucks because my buddy's complaining about it. He kind of wanted a Galaxy phone. Galaxies are known for very good cameras and so are iPhones. But so in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, the Priv camera sucks. Don't recommend the Priv for someone else's camera. But then I have an iPhone user. She has like a 6 Plus, And she was like, wow, you know, that, that phone takes really good high-quality pictures. Like take more pictures. So it was just really weird thing that happened that like clicked in my mind. And I'm like, I think at the end of the day, it's perception. That's just what people like. That's what it is, and it that was like an eye-opening moment for me. Well, it's part. It, it's part perception, and part part of it's based. In, that perception is actually based in reality because of the fact that BlackBerry didn't, you know, for the longest time they didn't really give a shit about the cameras on their phones. It was kind of yeah. like, in, you know, I think yeah. I think I think it was I, a thing. Yeah, people like yeah. that, was, that was something they were known for. I think <laughs> I think I think. The only time where I went out on a limb to actually say that a, 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 a camera was actually good on a BlackBerry device where I, I literally felt that as though that they went maybe a little bit above and beyond what they would normally do, I, I believe that was essentially on the Passport review. And the Passport review, I mean, the Passport camera is absolutely amazing. The only thing about that is that the... Passport, the camera on the Passport is absolutely amazing under the most ideal conditions. When you have it set up, yeah. beautiful daylight, you know, your people are willing to go ahead and have their picture be taken or whatever. If your subject matter is still, whatever the case may be, you can take absolutely amazing, fantastic photos with the Passport. However, if you're trying to capture photos of your dog who's running in the backyard... yeah. 
you're not going to get it, man. <laughs> like, it's just not going to happen. You will end up with a blurry fur ball, right? <laughs> and and that's the, really, that's the thing, that, like, that perception continued on from people who, who basically own previous BlackBerry devices. And, you know, it, it really is based in reality because, again, the only time, the, the, the time that they started to give a shit about the cameras was on the Passport even though, you know, basically they said, oh, well, this this device has a great camera. Well, no, that nine-tenths of that's marketing material. It doesn't necessarily have a great camera, right? Um, but still, that that that's the reality of the situation. They only started caring about the camera quality until, um, until the Passport came around, <laughs> which is unfortunate because now they have that, that lingering perception which is literally based in reality now because BlackBerry cameras suck, right? That's what everybody tends to think. But it's not entirely true. This is one of the shots. I'm going to sh I'm going to share it, Alex. Okay. I think my mouse literally just like died on me mid mid <sighs> But here's one of them from the priv. And again, of course, you're not going to get full quality here through the, through not the live. Not at all. Through the live, but the colors just produce correctly on this. I'll share it in the chat, actually. Yeah. I'll look at the link. There, there's some, some nice colors here. And one of the nicest areas of it is that the, the colors and the shadows are really coming through in a very true way. And that's a nice shot. I wish I was on a sailboat, Alex. I mean, <laughs> What? <laughs> I'm over here like sweltering in the heat in a tent trying to catch Pokemon, and you're out here on the sailboat <laughs> sipping cocktails with friends, and Blaze is probably like finally realizing summer is over. And <laughs> man, summer is over here. We had like three days of summer. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely a nice photo, Alex. Yeah. So you should, we'll get that shared out in the chat. But it's just interesting to see, right, when we have all this power in this vehicle to create shots like that and, you know, imagery that can come out in a very, you know, uh, influential way that Blackbird doesn't do more to catalyze on all the things they're good at versus the things that they're especially good at, you know? How you continue to have that conversation and education around, you know, all the other aspects of your business that have value is tough, especially in a market where, you know, the value of Blackbird is assumed to be nil, you know? They're really fighting kind of up a hill in terms of where the brand is right now. And that may be the problem, right? What if BlackBerry were to just go out and create a new company called, you know, whatever, and just try it again? Do you think yeah. the stigma would hold on? Or maybe they offshoot the handset business, they offshoot BBM, and BlackBerry becomes the security, you know. BBM's redone, and it's something else. And, you know, if they were to detach business units and make them a little bit more standalone under new names, does the stigma of BlackBerry still... You know, does it does it hurt the water, so to speak, in terms of consumer interest or kind of a broader appeal? Or can is it BlackBerry needing to just make more equity in their own brand, kind of the overarching kind of solution to this problem? I don't know, man. It's a good question. I constantly think about whether or not they should just basically ditch BlackBerry as a brand for like their phones and stuff like that, just relaunch it. I believe we were talking about this on the last podcast, too. Uh, you know, just basically giving an offshoot of, of what BlackBerry actually is, give it a whole different name, and and hope that nobody actually looks deep enough to find out whether or not it really is BlackBerry yeah. behind it. 
I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, you're probably never going to get the actual answer to it, and it's great to think about, but I don't know. I mean, it, it's hard hard to say exactly how it would turn out for them, but, I mean, for now, it seems as though that they're pretty com pretty happy with basically building up the brand that they have. They feel as though that there's still a lot of, uh, a lot of loyalty and potential with the actual BlackBerry brand itself, so, I mean, I don't see them offshooting anything except for BBM uh, you know in the near future I think I think I technically in my mind BBM is has already been sort of I don't want to say taken over because taken over isn't isn't the most appropriate wording for it but it does seem as though that somebody else is already looking out for the better interests of BBM at this point especially where they made that agreement with the, the Indonesian organization for the, the marketing and the branding and stuff like that to be able to go ahead and bring content into it. So they have, they essentially have outside influences other than, you know, BlackBerry employees uh, putting putting stuff into BBM at this point. So I don't know. I, I think that's pretty much the only thing that I can see being off, uh, branched out upon at this point. I don't think that they're going to, you know, go into any sort of offshoot of the BlackBerry brand for devices. Although it would be, it would be highly interesting to actually see how that turned out. But then, if it doesn't turn out, then you know, it's a profit loss at that point, and BlackBerry has to report it somewhere's on the paperwork. So, <laughs> they, they they've done some interesting moves. Like when we look at what John Chen's done with this company and where, what he's done with the balance sheet, moreover, in the last couple of years, it's it's kind of crazy when you think about it. The fact that BlackBerry is now like buying back some of their convertibles is is just so so interesting in terms of what? they both got convertibles. These bastards. Yeah, the Bentley that we saw <laughs> over at BB Live, they they bought them for everybody, and and they can only make BB BBM video calls using the playbook, which, which you know, all right. I guess I'll I'll shoot for that. This kind of buyback is obviously a stock conversion, right? For, through like a basic type of loan that's issued by the company. So it, to understand really what BlackBerry's done, they've basically just cleaned up some of these higher level areas of their, you know, their balance sheet and really, really brought it around in terms of kind of the way that they're managing the business. Like you can just tell, super, super prudent. The fact that you're paying these off in this way is pretty impactful. And they went out for $10 each at the reissue. So that's pretty cool too. They went ahead and then went to Fairfax and reissued some of these convertibles as well. And this, again, is something good because it lowers the interest rate on some of the items that are out there. So it's an interesting kind of way that you can change and reduce metrics such as like earnings per share and some of your EPS. But that can get into a really, really high-level conversation about all of that. One of the most interesting things I think is that John Chen is doing everything he can to make the business look as healthy as possible on paper, mm -hmm. right? Cleaning up the books, so to speak. Um, Alex, do you think this has any kind of, you know, move on the ticker for you? Uh, no. I mean, when they halted the stock market, for everyone their, was their... like, "Oh my God, someone's Chris, buying." Do you, do you remember like the last time that happened? Like, I, I, maybe it wasn't the last time, but one of the times recently that it happened, I was a senior in college and it was when they were possibly being bought for nine dollars a share and yeah. I was sitting in my classroom and like I was freaking out like that I'm was, like I think that was when uh when Fairfax first came back into the picture yeah. in a bigger way and yeah. now here they are again 
I was sitting there, I was like, I bought, like, on average, a bunch of shares at, like, $13 per share. Like, this better not sell at 9 bucks. Like, I was, like, freaking out. But um, at this time, when it finally happened the other day, I'm thinking, uh, oh, whatever. Like, and it really didn't move it at all. Like, it's it's been sitting at, like, $7.99 right around there. So, I, I don't know. Maybe something will happen tomorrow, but probably not. No. Ain't nothing happening tomorrow unless no. they have some. They need a they need a bigger announcement to move that ticker. Yeah, it, it, something drastic it, needs. It's to kind happen. of a joke of a stock. DTEC fifty came and brought things at least like you know, <laughs> give it like CPR. You know, like it yeah. brought it back. It, it did. It brought it over the eight dollar. Yeah, right. So it was sitting at like six. Yeah, it was rough. It was sitting and it, and it fluctuates a lot, right? But I'm I'm pleased that BlackBerry is at least kind of getting around to. Really starting to hit on some of these metrics. Like right now, it's sitting at seven nine seven. You know. Yeah. And that's tough. But when you restructure your convertible debt, like basically you're ultimately basically changing the dilution of the shares that are out there. So basically, when you do this, it happens to increase the share count and also reduces some of your other metrics because the shares are more diluted because there's more of them. So when you buy this back. It does the opposite. It's going to increase your earnings per share, which helps, and also go ahead and de-dilute some of what you have on your, your DPS, which is always good, too. I'm excited that a move like this happens only because it allows BlackBerry to be a little bit more flexible with where they do future spending, and I think that's another area that John Chen clearly is looking toward. We need to now grow this business and see if devices are really in our future. Do you guys see really a another all-touch device coming anytime in 2016. Like, I almost would wonder why, you yeah. know? Like, why are you doing this? Like, why are you doing this to yourself is really the thought that's going through my mind. Like, why? But, I, you know, at the same point, I could see it just because it seems like they're a little bit more energized these days to kind of do what they can in the market, you know, and make some statements. And that's what DTEC50 is, right? It's just a statement to the market. Restructuring their debt in this way is another really interesting statement to the market about where they are and where they're going to go. Blaze, do you, do you find any kind of, um, you know, correlation there? Or do you think BlackBerry's just focusing on that next keyboard device and that's really it? I kind of hope that they're focusing on the next keyboard device to be able to go ahead and take advantage of that. I mean, they got the Priv, they got DTEC 50, and, you know, another keyboard device would essentially, I think, go ahead and, and basically helped them out a little bit because, I mean, that was one of the key things that they noted during the launch of the DTEC 50 was that they have another keyboard device coming. So, I mean, it seems as though that they're they're revving people up for a keyboard device as opposed to another all-touch device. But then again, I also think at the same time that that keyboard, uh, you know, the keyboard devices... While they do cater to the BlackBerry audience themselves, they don't necessarily cater to the broader audience. As much as people say, oh, I miss the BlackBerry keyboard and stuff like that, well, the evidence doesn't doesn't prove that they actually miss it. They miss it enough to say that they'll miss it, but they don't miss it enough. They're nostalgic about it. They don't it. miss it. It's more yeah. of like, yeah, it's something, yeah. Um. I, I totally agree with both of you on that. Like, it doesn't really make sense for them to do an all-touch. I think they should, like, for me to recommend friends, family, whoever, like, BlackBerry have a solid physical QWERTY keyboard phone, so that is the go-to recommendation for people 
when their criteria is, I want a physical keyboard phone. Nope, I don't care if, if it's a slide out or whatever, I just want a good physical keyboard phone. The Passport is kind of that, but it's BlackBerry 10. It was like, just BlackBerry develop a phone, which obviously the one that we're kind of been talking about anyway, that needs to kind of be the next phone, just so there's a solution out there that people can recommend for what they want. Another all touch, I don't get it. I not at all. I don't. The other the other thing is that 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 all touch that is essentially rumored is, is basically considered high end, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you go from basically saying that the priv was too high end, it cost too much, yeah. to releasing something that is mid range, to basically going back to the high end again? It's like, you know. Somebody's gonna call John Chanot on that bullshit if that happens. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I see benefits both either way, because maybe maybe the DTEC 50 raised some interest towards the Android level. That's the other thing. The other thing that I don't know. Before I I, I generally put down some thoughts on it. I would like to see some some numbers behind how many people are actually interested in the DTEC 50. I mean, I can look at the forums. I can tell that the forums are busy, you know, busier than probably, I don't want to say busier than the PRIV, but they're definitely on par with essentially where the PRIV was. Um, you guys can take that however you want. Take <laughs> a bad or, or worse scenario on that one. Um, I look on Instagram, you know, there's posts about people buying the DTEC 50, but, again, the other scenario is the the reviews and stuff like that. Like, everybody, the majority of people just pass it off as another Android device. So I really do wonder how how well the DTEC 50 is selling, and unfortunately we're probably not going to get any hardcore numbers on that, um, you know, for at least a little while yet. I mean, whenever the next quarter announcement comes out, John Chen has to say something about how it's selling. Uh, whether or not he'll actually give numbers is always debatable because that's never, you know, that's kind of like been one of those things that has been off the table and people have to go literally searching for it. So, I don't know, I mean... Sunshine's just telling people, like, close your eyes, close your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. It's one that's... of those things, man, I, before, I, before I laid down some actual thoughts and I want, I want to find out how well the DTEC 50 is selling. And... At the same time, maybe maybe that's exactly what John Chen's doing. Maybe they have both of these keyboard, or maybe they have both of these devices slated, and they're they're both running through some cure, some current testing right now, right? And maybe uh, maybe they're seeing which one, essentially, you know, if there's a demand for another device as opposed to another touchscreen device as opposed to another keyboard device, and whatever the demand shows at that point is what they'll actually roll out with, right? So, who knows? BlackBerry does the weirdest probably internal testing. Right. <laughs> they like, call up their friends and family and they put the devices in front of them. They're like, oh my god, I love it. This is amazing. Yes, this is going to sell hundreds and hundreds of units. <laughs> they're like, awesome. Let's do it. DTEC 50. <laughs> no, no, in all honesty, like I appreciate who BlackBerry went to to get this phone built. I think there's a lot of people you could go to in that market to build you a phone. This is one of the nicer Android phones that came out this year. You know what I'm saying? Or at least reference designs that they could have gone for. So I'm pleased in that aspect. I think Alex would really like the phone. I wish he could just like, like rent one for 20 days or something. Like that. 
There's a brilliant marketing idea, BlackBerry. Let people rent your phones before they... And the funny part is I would actually give it a try simply because, I mean, I've been trying to gear up for maybe getting a different phone, so I haven't been using the physical keyboard on my Priv. So, like, now's the perfect chance that I would go for an all-touch screen phone, like, DTAC 50. I would give it a chance, but I don't want to buy it to use it. I don't know. I th- you gotta, I, you gotta make the trip into the city, go to the kiosk, the one kiosk in the world, and go... <laughs> <laughs> I'm Alex from Berry Flow, guys. Haven't you seen Upstream? Like, just let me use this phone. No, oh, does, it, oh, it doesn't work that way. See how he's conveniently Alex from Berry Flow, but when I introduce the show, he's Alex from Cyberbikes. Oh, <laughs> oh, too funny, Alex. But honestly, like, I wish this phone like had your name on it with like an 820 or something inside. Like, just, that's all I needed to have, right? And yeah. maybe like nougat, which. I'm hoping Blackbird can get to pretty quickly. I'm really curious to see this. Yeah. Like, this it's is something that we know, we know how long it took last time. Let's see. But if last we... time we think it's an exception, right? Like, it probably took longer because it was their first phone and they had to get things working. Like, I'm That's curious. The, you know, have they really become more agile? I mean, I'm yeah. not going to lie. It took me a little bit of time to get that security update this last month, yeah. right? Yeah. And I'm on, a, I'm on an unlocked phone. It's, you know, similar, similar kind of rollout there. But... They seem very prudent, right? At least about going and doing it on a consistent basis, which I appreciate at the very least. And again, that's what, of course, you're going to be buying into with a device like this, you know? You're going out to get into that whole software ecosystem that comes along. I would love, uh, Blaze, if they did one one video that talked about what they do in hardware. Not like one video for the DTEK50 or one video for the Priv, but like one video that says, we are BlackBerry, here are the phones we have, if you like apps and this and that and security, go Android. If you like multitasking and you know productivity and you know whatever, go BB10. And just said like, okay, <laughs> because that's the problem we all run into, right? We're trying to tell someone like, eh, maybe you should get a classic, or uh, <laughs> maybe you'd like maybe you'd like a six P. Nah, no, go get a Priv. That's that's the middle ground there, right? And it's so hard to really tell people like what's going to be the best for you as opposed to. You know what one snapshot image of a particular device is trying to sell you on? Because at the end of the day, if you watch any BlackBerry videos, all of the videos are the exact same, right? They tell you just like here are the specs, you know. Yeah. Here's here's some B-roll of the device, you know. Like you're not really getting a, a deep level of understanding when you watch some of these materials. So give us a surface level type of material that just talks about the whole, you know, hardware offering. Like, here's our fleet of devices. We have this, we have this, we have this. You know, something very simple. It does not need to be complex, but at least have that out there for people. Because right now, like, even the conversations that we even have about BlackBerry are so, like, siloed off from one another because the devices themselves are that way. Like, we talk about Priv for four months and then do Tech 50 for four months and then, you know, another device for four months. And those conversations really don't have any hold between each other, but they should, right? This is a continuation of the brand and the current hardware strategy. Do you think it's that the focus just isn't there anymore or that it's not worth the investment in their eyes? Like, do you think they understand that's an issue but just don't want to address it or just don't even know? What do you guys honestly think at this point? That it's a, it's, it's something like they've thought about and are choosing to do at this point? I mean, come on. I don't know. I, th- I think over the past year it's probably been something that they realize that they need to go ahead and do, but they're just not getting around to it as quickly as we would like. Because, I mean, like you said earlier, John Chen basically knows that he's not an advertising company. He knows that the company hasn't necessarily been great at these things in the past. But 
they are doing things to be able to go ahead and change that. I mean, it's it's been slow and steady progress, but I mean, you don't you don't just flip the switch and become a, a marketing guru overnight, right? So, I mean, maybe they, maybe they should dump some money into some of the organizations who are marketing gurus to be able to go ahead and help them out, but at the same time, I don't think that they they really want to go ahead and do that either because I don't think Chen sees the 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 upside of it. All he sees is money going out, but no money coming in at that point. And it's unfortunate that that's kind of like the view. But at the same time, they're they're doing things internally that are are basically helping them out. Like I said, with the Instagram stuff, and you know, the some of the videos that they have put out already are are basically improving, or are at least an improvement upon what we've seen previously. So I don't know. I think it's one of those things where they're they're they've become more self-aware of what they suck at these days, so they're trying to improve it slowly and steadily. That, that almost hurts, Blaze, hearing that. It's like, well, I mean, how, are we, how are we just now getting around to that realization? Right? It's like, and maybe it's because we had a total shift of you know, leadership. You know, yeah, it I, think, I think that's it, too, is that the leadership... I mean, John Chen wasn't, he wasn't born into BlackBerry, like... He didn't. He didn't come from internally, right? Like he didn't raise up from with the the internal cycle. He was brought in, and I'm pretty sure he just basically did his homework on the actual company, and you know went through some of the previous documentation to go ahead and get himself all caught up. But like I said, he wasn't. He wasn't internal, which honestly, at this point, I think is probably a good thing because they needed new blood in there to be able to go ahead and not necessarily deal with the older issues. Like, they needed somebody to come in and clean up the old issues mm -hmm. as opposed to somebody who is just going to perpetuate those issues and carry them on, right? <clears throat> um, it's, it's weird because when John Chen came in, it's like he had a vision already. Him and Prem Watsa probably had sat down, you know, and said, like, all right, what are we going to do? And, and then, Blaze, I think you hit it kind of right on the head, right? But to put a spotlight on it, he was really the guy to come in, look at the assets, and look past the ones that others weren't able to, you know, and say, these are our areas of value. Let's work on that, you know. Let's go build out on these areas so that we can bring our business forward and maybe not hold on to some of those consumer software plays like Blend and, you know, maybe not hold on to some of those other additives like, <laughs> you know, Story Maker and things. But still, I'd like to see maybe some focus back on, Again, those little pockets that they have. I think there's so many assets that maybe John Chen doesn't even know about or doesn't necessarily find value in directly that should go over. It's like the people ultimately making the decision on what goes into the prove are not necessarily the people also who are at the forefront of promoting the brand publicly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it really is tough for you know high level executives like you know even Alex and 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 John to really go out and push these devices when they probably don't know the full physics of what's involved with what they're selling, you know, from a, a nitty-gritty type of perspective. That's one of the biggest changes I've seen. Instead of, like, Thorsten Hines on stage trying to tell me what BB-10 is, we now have, like, a guy who clearly is from the department who knows what's going on, right, telling us about these on the webcast as opposed to, you know, one of these high-level executives trying to just sell us on it in a scripted and, and shallow way. So there has been so many changes. 
I would currently like to see a little bit more focus on just the DTEK50 marketing. Like, I haven't seen much at all for that. Like, with Priv, at least we saw a little bit more of that push. Yeah. But maybe maybe it's just not – we're not seeing it because it's not really meant for us. And maybe that's that's how we know it's working, right, where we're not seeing it, right? Or yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do see the web ads and stuff like that. Like, they've changed – they've definitely changed up all of the web ads that come up. They've all they've either been changed to DTEK50 and Priv ads and basically carrying the whole secure Android moniker, or they've essentially changed over to um, DTEK ads. So I mean, there is ads out there, but we all know how how well the ads do. They they need they need real marketing, not just random banner ads. Because if I'm seeing them, then the, basically that means that I've already been targeted, which we know. You know, I, 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 of all course, people, you'd be of the course one I'm going to be the one to be targeted, right? So I'm kind of just interested to see where it's going to go from here, gentlemen, because BlackBerry has really positioned themselves in kind of the best light. It's like, but why? <laughs> you know, are you really trying to grow your business? Or are you trying to? increase its value, you know? I'm interested to see, again, some of the stuff we're seeing on the legal side of the house, too, with U.S. Circuit Court's appeals sending back a shareholder lawsuit to a lower court, which I found interesting. Really, this was a, a shareholder claiming that the sales and the prospects of BB10 were a bit inflated, right? And that's getting kicked out. Do you think the legal kind of ownership that we're starting to see from BlackBerry for their IP and also for you know their different appeals and things like that, do you think that's a strong statement to keep to the market? Or is it just news and fodder that kind of hits the, the news waves and it doesn't hold a lot of clout into terms of where things are going for BlackBerry? I mean, we don't see them go into war with Apple or Google or anything like that yet, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's one of those things where it it basically needs to be done, and it's kind of like paper shuffling at this point for them. But there's also some potential there to go ahead and regain some profitability off of the stuff that you know basically people have allegedly been utilizing without their permission. So, I mean, they kind of have to do it. I mean, every organization does it. It's just that because it's BlackBerry, we start to see a little bit more of a focus, and especially because of the fact that they haven't necessarily done it in the past. Um, that that becomes part of the conversation where, you know, the has BlackBerry become a patent troll? No, I don't think that they became a patent troll. I think they, they relaxed on the, on the patent issues for, for far too long that other people started to take advantage of it, and now they're just catching up to it, so... You know, you're you're gonna catch those those articles coming up, and people are just gonna continue on and say, "Oh, well, BlackBerry's nothing but a patent troll." Well, no, other organizations do it pretty much on a freaking daily basis. It's just that they they've been doing it for so long that nobody cares and gives a shit about it anymore. Like, not every single patent dispute is is newsworthy anymore, right? Because it happens all the time. So, I don't know. I think I think if they actually end up with some money coming back in, I mean that's that's what they deserve. If these people have been genuinely using BlackBerry's stuff without without permission, then yeah, there needs to be some sort of settlement that happens, right? I definitely agree. They got to settle out at some point on some of those issues. Yeah. Do you guys think that 
people are really going to see BlackBerry have value kind of cross-platform in terms of like going to iOS and things like that. My my whole point is, if BlackBerry is really you know long-term geared up for a sellout to you know Samsung and or Apple or to Google or to someone else, right? Because we see Fairfax buying in right now, hmm. working to keep BlackBerry going. I mean, do you think that any one of those players really really would glean any value from BlackBerry? Like, who do you think? Where do you think the best synergy would be between some of those players? It's a really tough question. I think I think it would probably come if there was anything any sort of synergy to be found at least at this point in terms of like the software and stuff like that. It would probably probably come from Google more so than Apple. Yeah. Um, you know, Google, Google, Apple, and Microsoft are, are basically still all in in each other's business when it comes to that stuff. But I think Google would take take the most benefit from it if they were to go ahead and. and Pick up BlackBerry at this point because Apple, Apple's too—I don't know what they are. They're just—they—they'd rather spend their own money and build it and say that they built it and lie and say how great it is when it's really not that great. <laughs> than basically admit that they that somebody else has better technology than them. So it's not—you know—they're not—they're not, not going to buy into it. And, and to be honest, I don't—I don't think that Apple has any any sort of I don't think Apple has any sort of cross-platform agenda in, in the grand scheme of things. I think everything that Apple does is basically just to sell Apple devices, you know. But and they're changing from that. They have to, because like software is the end game, and I think they finally started realizing that, especially with um, like Beats or so, sorry, uh, Apple Music and their carpool karaoke. They just bought the rights to. Like they're realizing software is like more so yeah. where they have to go. They're getting there, but it's still it's going to be a thing. long time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Where Google Google is already into that stuff. And yeah, Google has the yep. money to basically Google could piss away the money and not really care about it. You know yeah. I mean? So could yeah. Apple too, but Apple's just I think I think Apple's ego dominates them more than anything else. Like they don't yeah. want to say that somebody else's technology is better because at that point they they have to come out and say, you know. We're going ahead and we're buying BlackBerry when Apple generally buys smaller companies that nobody has heard about, and yeah. that way they can they can just basically say, yeah, well, we kind of created it. Yeah, that's it. We created I, it. I feel like Apple's more calculated with their acquisitions and things like that, whereas Google is more of like they see the bigger picture where. You know, if we try and focus down too much, like this is what we need, this is what we need, this is what we need, then they might miss the next big thing that you won't really even know you have. Whereas Google may have accidentally acquired a company that becomes <laughs> yeah. that. Whereas like, Apple, yeah, like, we own that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't know. It's it's always like, what do you think is uh, you? Uh, really, no one can really tell the market anyway. Um, I think it's tough to probably acquire based simply on. Like, this is what we need. So I think Google is probably is a better chance. It's something big hitting, but Apple is going to be making, like, they're great with marketing. They have the follower follower base. Like, they they can make something big simply because they have such a big following that is so passionate about their product and their service that they could just, like, do whatever with it. Um, I don't know. Like, look at Duo. I'm actually kind of curious. Duo got, like, 5 million downloads over the course of like a week and a half, I wonder if Apple came out with 
obviously, like, they have FaceTime, but, like, I wonder if they came out with an app and they pushed it. I wonder how long it would take them to get 5 million downloads. I almost feel feel like they would actually get downloads quicker than even, you know, Google would, even though Google has, like, what, five times as many Android users as them. I, they just have more of a passionate user base. Yeah. People Which, buy into yeah. the Apple ecosystem really, yeah. really hard. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't even think Google has that to to a certain point. Like, if you preload something, sure, you may you may get users, but if you just introduce something, I think a lot of people look at Google stuff. It's like, oh, it's basically just their latest beta program that might disappear in five months or six years or whatever. Right? <laughs> yeah. So here's my question, gentlemen. This DTEC 50 is a rebranded TCL device, right? For the most part, obviously with the BlackBerry software stuffed in it, that comes in at 299. Who's to say they don't take TCL hardware that's $99 and package it up as a $150 or $200 phone, and it's still available? Because again, I think there's an emerging market play here that BlackBerry can really play on if they focus on, you know, extenuating what they're doing with Android. I think if you continue to go lower. There may be a value for you. What do you guys think? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm kind of tired of hearing emerging markets. We've been hearing about emerging markets since, like, 2006. So where are these emerging markets, and where are they on the profit lines? <laughs> you know? That's a good point, where the profit's actually coming in at, as opposed to right? where we think. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think, you know, if you're going to go to a partner in China to make handsets for you, why not at least explore? And maybe it's not a device you can buy everywhere, but in those markets where 300 bucks is still a lot of money, right, that you can make a sub phone for kind of hitting some of those keyer demographics as opposed to somewhere in the U.S. where you know there's no point, you know? Yeah, Maybe some sided focus there. We could see some benefits to boost that handset business a little bit more too. But... I think it can really sustain the brand if they go out with a strategy like this of getting key partners on board. I think if they nail this next keyboard device that comes about, that we're really going to see an uptick for BlackBerry. But up until that point, it's anybody's guess, right? At any, po- at any point, really, the pin can drop, and we could see some really big changes happening. I'm still waiting. Like, where is BlackBerry radar? I'm, I'm just wondering where it is right now. This was announced in, like, Q4 2016. Still not seeing where it is. Like, I'm waiting to see a little bit more of a talk about where they could go with that because I love that IoT venture, and I'd love to see them actually, like, make some money. But it's tough. Like, if you go look out there, Verizon just bought Fleetmatics, and that's one of the biggest players in that market right now. So, like, how are you going to compete against a carrier, really? Like, you know AT&T does asset tracking. You know Verizon does, too. It's like... Where is BlackBerry really going to do that selling? Is it on the security? And why not maybe partner with those carriers as opposed to go against them, right? Especially when you have some kind of relationship already. Is it such a new market that everyone's just trying to kind of place their foot in? Or is it a place where BlackBerry and Verizon and these other players can really kind of work together and there's enough market share for everybody? Do you think that there's, you know, a real potential for Radar to put anything on the balance sheet for BlackBerry? Or is it more of a you know, a proof of concept type thing. I don't know, man. I'm I'm not convinced that it's like something that is widely available as of yet, despite everything that says 
-hmm. otherwise. I mean, you know, you look at the radar website and it gives you the specs of the device itself, but that's it. And, you know, there's a spot there where you can basically sign up for more information or you can reach out to somebody at BlackBerry to be able to go ahead and learn more about it. And, I mean, that's, that's reasonable because, I mean, we're obviously not the target audience for it. However, at the same time, we are the target audience because we're the ones who are supposed to be telling people about this. Yeah. So if somebody else is getting more targeted information, then where is it? Like, do I got to log on to, like, you know, rolling18wheelers.com to learn about this stuff? Or so expect BlackBerry to send me some information about it? Because I would expect BlackBerry to, like put out some sort of announcement. I mean, I've signed up for every damn mailing list humanly possible from BlackBerry, so why haven't I heard about it, right? You know, th I think this is what the thing is, because I'm, I'm starting to understand this very well, because I'm in B2B. So what I realize is once you get a good customer, the best thing you can do is not create more, you know, or try and get more customers on your one product. You want to have more products for your existing customers. No different than BlackBerry. They have people using their MDM solution, and they have, like, a large customer base that once they create something, like this, this fleet tracking, inventory management, things like that, they already have the customer base that they have a good foothold in that they, they, they have trust with, and they say, hey, use this other service now. I wouldn't be surprised if BlackBerry keeps coming out with more and more business services that, sure, on a mass market might seem like, what is the point? But the main point is, like, you're already in deep with customers. Try and sell them more and get your feet more and more within their, your, their business. So I feel like that's more so what this is for. They already have, like, so many business connections. So go deeper with them. Sell them more recurring software services. Right, and I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, that's, you know, that's a highly probable situation at this point. However, I think if you are that deep into business with these people and there's money that is being made, then I think you should tell people that you're making money. Like, BlackBerry is not in a position yeah. to let people wonder about their financial status at this point. Like, they need to be touting every chance that they get when they actually have some corporate customers or whatever the yeah. case may be. You know, like, like there was a rumor at one point in time there that it, maybe they were possibly signing on Walmart for for uh, radar. Well, if that is the case, then you need yeah. to, to basically go ahead and tell people that that is the case. Again, that was a rumor. I'm not saying it is a case. Um, but, you know, if that turns out to be the reality of it, then, you know, there, there needs to be... Uh, some sort of informational process that is put out, like put out a press release and say that you have these agreements with these organizations. And if you can't, if you can't define the actual organization itself, then at least put out that you you put a you you signed on, you know, a large corporate organization for such and such amount of services. So, but maybe they they didn't. Maybe like it's. It, they may be pushing the product for free initially, like, you know, use it in this small infrastructure, like just X amount of storage or something, and use it for free for, I don't know, six months, and then if you like it, then, like, maybe they haven't sold anything solid that has numbers behind it, and is it really that, like, is there much to tout about, like, hey, I just let one of my, or let this large company use this service for free for six months to see if they like it to then buy on with us. Like, that's nothing that you're going to tout. So maybe things are going man. Bad. When you're BlackBerry, you should be touting every single thing that's humanly possible that is good. 
every single thing. Like, but is that I, even I, good? One of the analysts I said Walmart was a potential person on radar, you know? But so when I from a business standpoint, when I hear potential, that is like they I'm try like maybe trying to get my foot in the door and letting them use some of my services for free. And if if there's a good connection there, then it can be like a good business relationship and they might start using our product. Like it's I don't feel like it, you even want to talk about that. Like it's not really that good of a thing because what happens if you start building it up? Like, hey, you know, Walmart, they're trying out some of our services, and then what happens if the stock price goes up or whatever? And then it's like, boom, they actually made the decision that they aren't going to use our services. Like, can you imagine that it would just like, it would plummet. It would be so much worse than just not saying anything. I agree. I, think I agree. I think as well when we look at the overall situation, John Chen applies that philosophy to everything. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a problem to a degree, right? Yeah. You can't be so siloed. You gotta at least tell people about what's coming, and that all it does is it breaks confidence, right? People, John Chen's like, oh, November, blase blase, we're gonna get you know radar out, and then November happens and nothing, nothing's heard about, you know, no update, no, and you know you want to talk about the positives, but you gotta talk about the negatives, the delays, anything like that. Like ten dot three dot three, same conversation. Where is it? People are wondering. Just communicate. I don't care if it's taking you another six months. <laughs> yeah. At least Thorsten told us BB10 was delayed, right? <laughs> They're totally different creatures, right? I'm not even making that comparison, aside from jokingly. But just a little bit more communication. Like, inside BlackBerry, you have a channel. Like, use it, you know? It doesn't need to be a super tight-knit, you know? Just, you know, something, some little heads up, you know? And with the webcast, they say, you know, we should be getting 10.3.3 without in the coming weeks, which you assume is going to be within the month, but we know there's a lot of legwork that has to be done with the carriers if you're going to push it that way, etc. So, aside from really how they're going to roll that out, do you guys think we're going to get any clearance or guidance on when when some of that stuff is going to come about, or is it going to be in typical BlackBerry fashion that it comes when it comes, it goes when it goes? Like BBM Meetings had more marketing than BlackBerry Radar does right now, and BBM Meetings is dead. Oh, man. I think it just comes when it comes and that's it and everybody else is stuck waiting in between it's like every single day I get at least like 10 people asking where 10.3.3 is and it's like what do you want me to do about it man I can only I can only tell you what John Chen told us and at that point it's like you know John, <laughs> it makes John Chen sound like a liar <laughs> really I mean, when you think about it, because first it was March, and then June, and then so on, and so on. And, I mean, I don't know. How much how much BlackBerry 10 stuff do you hear these days, even directly from BlackBerry, yeah. outside of the automated tweets that they put out on, like, the BlackBerry Help Channel, telling you to visit the BlackBerry Help Channel? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, man, those are automated? <laughs> There's I'm talking even, to the bots like trying to have a conversation. Nothing's happening. Mm. Even even BlackBerry isn't putting out BlackBerry 10 direct information a lot of the time these days, and it's there really is a focus on on DTEC 50 and the Priv. So, what do you want me to say? This is like earlier. Someone commented on my Facebook post how to get Facebook working for BlackBerry 10. They're like James, I need Google Maps. For BB10, I know you can do it, and it's like, well, I can, but 
Just just buy a print. <laughs> yeah. Just make your yeah. life make your life and yeah. my life easier. Just, and buy a <laughs> just get the detail if you get the print. And it, it's a sad point. Like I, I am so ready to review ten dot three dot three on the silver edition. Like I am ready, guys. I've been waiting for a while to do this review. It's like the last BB10 review. That's what it feels like to me, at least. So it needs to be impactful about what that device is still capable of because they are still so capable, right? Like I picked up my um, my Leap the other day, and I was just like, dang, this phone and the Z or the DTEK50 are like the same. Like I can get equal things done on both, you know? I wish there was a way that you could easily kind of share data between multiple devices as opposed to like getting a hotspot or turning your phone into a hotspot so that you can enjoy some of the simple pleasures of, you know, carrying two phones and having multiple devices for different things, but that can get expensive. <laughs> it's funny because my buddy runs around and we play this game and he, he plays it on a tablet and it's like data connected and it's massive and people are like, he's that guy. And I'm like, yeah, he, he is that guy, you know? <laughs> and I'm the guy running around with a Blackberry, you know, and... All my friends, like, that I hang out with have Blackberries, and, like, people are like, you know, let me borrow your iPhone charger, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One, it's an Android. Two, no, it's not an iPhone. It's a Blackberry. <laughs> I just freak out. I need another QWERTY device just so that I can, like, believe Blackberry is still good at making those, because Pribs was, eh, Pribs was all right, and I blame the form factor for why those keys aren't as, you know, yeah. good as some of the ones we've seen. Even still, they are pretty nice. Like I don't want to, I don't want to go too hard on that. But it is definitely interesting this week that we've had in BlackBerry, guys. I want to see what's what's here to come. I'm getting kind of itchy and antsy for some more news. Like when the news halted, or rather the news halted, when the stock halted, I was like almost excited to see. Yeah. I know, I got all coming. excited, dude. I was like, wait, there's gonna be some cool information coming. And you know, in my head, well, at least in my head, it was something cool and. Hopefully not something bad, but that's what I was thinking. I was like, yeah, it's dope. They're going to announce something, and I'm like, ah, oh, it's just some sheer shit. <laughs> <laughs> and don't get me wrong. I mean, you know. Well, he's like, sure. I wrote it anyway, right? It's on yeah, CBS. I wrote anyway. it anyway. The sheer stuff is important. However, it's not exactly at the top of my interest level. It's like a 5 on the scale of 10, and there was like, it's a zero on my excitement level, so... <laughs> I was like, five? Like, that's pretty generous. I mean... <laughs> that's when you know it's bad, right? <laughs> You're getting super excited about stuff like that. I want to jump over to our Patreon uh, BBM channel, our private one. I kind of wish it wasn't private, but at the same point, I like that it's private. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, why else would I need a private BBM channel? <laughs> but at least we find some views for it, right? <laughs> So, Mitch asks us here, I want to know what devices everyone is using as their dealers, daily drivers right now and why. So, Blaze, you started off, we'll go to Alex, and I'll close that out. Uh, I use my DTEK50 because it just basically works, and it doesn't leave me really with anything to be desired for. Like, everything on it is... You know, as I said in the past, everything on it is just okay. It works perfectly fine. It's nice and light in my pocket, and yeah, that's pretty much it. When I heard, that, I heard Blaze say, I'm too lazy to go back to the print. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's part of it as well. Like, 
it's the newest device. Of course I'm going to use yeah. the newest yeah. device, right? Mm -hmm. Like, even if it doesn't necessarily meet everybody else's expectations, I mean, still the newest device. i got to have the newest dopest shit. If you don't like it, then too bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you, can, you can see a summary of that in Blaze's, like, Twitter, he Twitter headline, right? He's, <laughs> yeah. he's sometimes grumpy. Anyway, well, uh, Alex, what are you using and why for your daily driver? Yeah, um, I'm using the Priv, and almost similarly to Blaze, it's kind of from laziness at this point because um, I definitely have some qualms with it. Like, something as simple as Snapchat has not been working well for me at all. So on the off chance that I have people who snap me, just it doesn't work at all for me. So Snapchat I would works love fine on my DTAC 50, Exactly. Bro. <laughs> so, like, this is where the laziness comes in. From what it sounds like, I should be getting a DTAC 50, but I'm lazy, so I'm probably just going to wait for the next Android fleet of phones that are coming out in, like, September, October. So that's that's where the laziness comes in. But I do love the Priv in its own kind of quirky little uh, strange friend way. I like you, Priv, but... Also, you're, you're also like, yeah, I despise you at the same time. It's a physical relationship. You guys have nothing deeper than that. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yes, it is. You're I like pressing just... pressing and touching you, but like that's all. You didn't have to take it there, man. Oh, <laughs> you're like sliding it. <laughs> that's, the, that's the only reason I have my priv around. Like, I it is fun. And play games yeah. on it, and then uh, and that's oh. it. It's a it's nice, like the same emulator stuff you could do on the Passport, you can do on the Priv, and it's equally as good, if not better, because it's Android, you know? Yeah. So, I found an interesting little bit here that Blaze put up about Betazone, and them working to get answered. the... Oh, I always forget myself in these... Yeah, these it's a, I'm noticing it more and more, and I feel bad. <laughs> I have a DTEC 50, it's what I'm using as my daily driver. Um... The reason I use it, just like Blaze, like, he had the latest shit before me, so I had to get it, <laughs> because I would have felt insignificant otherwise, <laughs> so I had to get it. Um, I wanted, I, I honestly, I, like, legitimately, I hate to say this, but I wanted the battery charger more than I wanted the phone, like, I'm dead serious. <laughs> I was like, I, I'm going to get the phone anyway, but I'm, like, really, like, oh, hell yeah, I'm going to get a good charger for, That's actually nice. for my phone, too. Yeah. yeah, it was, like, a really, like, super convenient thing for me, and... Yeah. If that deal's still out there, go get it. Probably not, but they are available in Shop Crackberry. I think you guys had them on Shop Crackberry before DTEC 50 came out, right? You guys have had those chargers for a minute. Yeah, the chargers, the chargers themselves have existed for quite a while, but getting it with a new device is just not a bonus. <laughs> and see, like that's marketing. Like the fact that that drew me toward a purchase versus. You know, just stumbling across it online randomly and like, what is this? I also didn't know BlackBerry had rapid chargers until I was talking with a friend on BBM. And he was like, yeah, they got travel rapid chargers, you know, like Qualcomm rapid chargers, like all that. They've got all those. And I'm like, what? When did this happen? When did BlackBerry <laughs> get hip to the accessories game? And DJ 50 has a ton of accessories. It's like, what? Print out like what, two, four? Like, not many. And now DJ 50's got this whole slew, which I think is pretty cool. But the main reason I'm using it is. One, obviously I had to have it. And two, it was a good deal. I mean, for two ninety nine, that's what I was gonna be paying basically elsewhere. Really the the cost of the device is like two fifty, you know, that's what you're really paying for in that deal. And when I, I wanna see like the the DTEC fifty kinda come down in price too, because I think that'll be even more kinda like dang dang, I should get that phone, you know? More people are gonna be tempted by it as, you know, time progresses here. That's but, why that's where I think the carrier initiative 
still comes into play is because people can pick that up. People, at least in Canada anyways, I mean, not so much in the U.S. because the U.S. carriers don't have it, but, um, I mean, in Canada, you can pick up a DTEC 50 for free now, so, you know, that's definitely a beneficial beneficial thing if you can pick up a device for free and actually have it be a nice device, right, like the DTEC 50 is, so. Man, I'm looking at Crackberry right now, and I'm seeing DTEC 50 ads, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I was just saying about how I never saw any of these, and bam, there they are. There you go. Google <laughs> Apparently I'm not online at all or, or anything like that. I'm looking at some news here from another one of our patron supporters, and it's, it's Roger LeBlanc who actually builds many BB10 applications, and he wanted to give us to notice that WAA Fixer from Betazone um, was actually going to be removed, I believe, from from the uh, actual beta zone program, and there's a thread on Crackberry that I'm actually going to link into the description of this podcast so that people can follow the conversation and see a little bit of some of the developers, you know, reasoning behind why it was removed. So I'm going to put that out there. It's a good notice for a lot of those out there who are interested in some of those BB10 apps. I still see Crackberry posting out on some of those BB10 apps that are coming out and getting updated, and it's like. It's still such a good platform, and you know the developers have gone like above and beyond to really keep it going too, which I find admirable. Do you think Blaze, you could really go back to a BB10 device at this point, or like would you have to have like an you know an Android or you know an iPhone on the side? Like, could you go cold turkey back to BB10 and that be your only device? Mm, probably not my only device. I'd probably have to have something a little secondary as well. Mainly for work, or is that like the for the main uh, purpose there, or, or just like you want something a little bit more robust? I just want something a little bit more robust. I mean, if if it basically came down to it, I mean, I could probably get away, I could definitely get away with doing all of my work-related stuff on there, but when it came down to like social media and stuff like that, that's where, that's where I would become a little bit limited with, uh, especially with like Twitter and stuff like that. Uh, Instagram, I mean, yeah, the Instagram app still works, but you know, and there's BlackBerry 10 apps for Instagram, so I don't know. Eh. I'm starting to use Snapchat more now that I don't feel so old and actually learned how to use it. So that's one of the things that would keep me on there. Uh, Facebook Messenger is another one of the things because even though that there's some, you know, third-party apps on BlackBerry 10, they still don't necessarily work right. And a lot of people, a lot of my friends have moved to Facebook Messenger. Michelle keeps me on Facebook Messenger as well. So, I don't know. It, it would be a little bit of a stretch to get me back onto a BlackBerry 10 device um, continuously. But uh, I could I could certainly manage if I had to. But I don't, I don't live in that world. I don't live that life, bro. So, <laughs> I don't have, if I don't have to, I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm I'm on board with that. I understand. As bad as it kind of sounds, now like that my company has become more and more IT consulting and like software integration and things, um, I can see from the IT consultant or the IT tech side where like that would suck if I went to a small business and like everyone had iPhones, Android, and there are like two people with BlackBerry 10 because like if I install a voice over IP system, one of the ones that I use, like it has a phenomenal Android app, but you really need deep integration that would not work that well on BlackBerry 10. 
And they, like, I can see how it could be annoying for them, but then also make my job really difficult. So as, you know, as shitty as it is, having people on iOS or Android for, makes my job easier. And I can see from the IT side of things, it really does make things easier. It's, it's I don't know. It's all very difficult. I do love BlackBerry 10, but... Yeah, I mean, BB10 couldn't keep up with the pace of the market. I mean, we yeah. all understand that. I'm actually downloading a beta of something very special, guys. I can't. I'm not going to tell anyone what it is right now, but uh, well, I want a beta. I like beta. on after on upstream after show. That's after a beta, show. betas are like cracked, Alex. So. Beta show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On the on the, I'm definitely going to show you guys in the after show. It better be worth it. It's pretty it's awesome. Clean. Oh my god! Can yes. we go to the after show? I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just end the podcast right now? No, I definitely want to thank and you know our Patreon supporters who keep the podcast going. Truly, really the lifeblood of what we're doing here and keeping the dialogue going for you guys. We're interested in going to keep a pulse on what BlackBerry's going through, right? And what we're going through in turn, waiting on the releases and stuff. But we do have some things to look forward to, right? Some forthcoming updates are coming, obviously, on the Android side of the house and as well the BB10. Soon, I'm I'm hoping, I'm waiting for it. But you can check us out. We're over at berryflow.com forward slash Patreon if you want to support this podcast. You get access to our after show, private BBM channel, newsletter, which I've given to other people too because I feel bad they can't get in on the coolness. I got to get Brandon back in because we took him off the Berryflow domain, Alex, and that was what was listed in the newsletter. So Brandon, who, by the way, is in Spain right now. He safely made it to Spain and doesn't want to come back, but we're we're bringing him back eventually. Uh, I got to get him in because his Brandon at Berryflow email is in there. I got to get him back on his Gmail. (laughs) Since we totally kicked him off. It's an alias for you now, though. You still have access. Yeah, I get I get two emails of my own newsletter. Thanks, Alex. Oh, <laughs> can't trust this guy. Cyberbites. I mean, you just can't. <laughs> no, Alex actually is awesome because he went ahead after I messed up the website, went and like fixed it for me, and then like fixed these other errors and totally uh, migrated it. Yeah, it should totally be migrated now. it again. Yeah, yeah, it is quick. But I can tell for sure, and uh, it seems a little bit lighter. It needed to. We we deleted all the old like MP3 files of the podcast off all like hundred of them that were taking up massive amounts of space and uh, yeah. making things a little bit easier. But definitely check us out on the after show. And again, that's berryfull.com forward slash Patreon. Uh, in our after show, we're also going to be talking a little bit about WhatsApp and the privacy concerns a lot of people are going over about Facebook and WhatsApp, which I think are completely overblown at this point, but it's definitely an interesting conversation to talk about where BBM will be and all of that. So definitely check us out there. Gentlemen, until next week. Later, guys.